It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 458 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, January 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the show. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd going strong, Locked On NBA daily across uh, from the whole week with a bunch of different hosts from the network chipping in there, and you can find them all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Also, if you're an NFL fan, we've got team-focused shows for all 32 NFL teams, so I think there's some dumb team playing for the AFC in the Super Bowl this weekend against the Rams. If you want to listen to the Dumb Team's Locked On podcast or the Rams Locked on podcast make sure you're checking those out and if you find a show on the network that you want to subscribe to rate and or review please do that it's a uh, very helpful itunes stitcher spotify google play all the places you get your podcasts it makes us more visible makes people discover the show more easily puts us just in the faces of people more often which is uh, what we all want so thank you very much for taking the time it requires to do that it is not much at all it's like two seconds and uh, i will be forever indebted to you all right, on today's show, the Raptors play the Bucks on Thursday in what is a pretty big game for a lot of different reasons. There's the psychological element for the Raptors going up against Milwaukee. If they can beat them and go 2-2 two and two in the season against them, you know, that maybe sort of gives them a little bit of edge in the Milwaukee heads, I suppose. I don't know. There's, there's a lot going on. There's tiebreaker stuff. There's Giannis, Kawhi, maybe some fringy MVP conversation stuff, although I think Kawhi resting as many games as he did over the last couple weeks may have ruled him out, at least for the time being in the MVP conversation. Either way, there's a lot on the line, including the one seed as well, which uh, they've been battling over for the entire season, and the math has hurt my brain. And joining me to make sense of all of it, from Behind the Buck Pass, a returning guest on the podcast, it's Jordan Tresky. How's it going, Jordan? Hello. Happy to be back. <laughs> this is a uh, it's a big game. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is... I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Locked on Bucks host Eric Name's going to be in town. That'll be fun. Hopefully we can hook up with him for a podcast at some point. Uh, I, I don't know. What is like kind of standing out to you about this game on Thursday? What are you most looking forward to? What are the sort of uh, aspects of it that most have your attention uh, peaked? Well, obviously, the, you know, it's the Titans of the East currently, one and two going at it. Um, I don't know. just ever since kind of the playoff series, there has been kind of an extra juice surrounding playing, you know, the Raptors from mm-hmm. the Bucks' perspective. So it's kind of, there's like this, you know, I guess narrative that you can kind of dole out from, from, you know, trying to be that kind of upstart, trying to take them down during, you know, their, one of their, not their best season, but second best season <laughs> after last year. Um, I don't know. I just think last, last time out, the Raptors pretty much handled them for, I can't remember what the, what the score was, but it was it was certainly the Raptors just handled them all the way around. Um, it's going to be a really good game. Obviously, it's you know the tiebreaker, number one seed, all this stuff. There's 
steaks. <laughs> a lot of steaks. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been weird because the last few years I've really enjoyed the Bucks. I have championed the Bucks. I've I've rooted for them to you know pull upsets against teams like the dastardly Celtics and uh, you know other teams not that aren't the Raptors. They, they've been they've been fun and. Now it's weird this year because like it's really been strange to adjust to having to hate the Bucks by just because they're like the battling for the one seed. There's a potential conference finals matchup to come. You got to get that sports hate started early. And like Giannis, he's so hard to dislike, and it's really hard to sort of move your brain into sports hate mode for this Bucks team. Uh, but I'm getting there. I'm getting real close. I'm mad still about Jonas Valanciunas not getting called for an and one uh, on that dunk buzzer beater last year against Milwaukee oh. there's that Thon Maker you know that guy always engenders Ontario yeah <laughs> what's with the trade request for him by the way that's outstanding uh, ra- ra- music to Raptors fans ears but what's going on there I don't know I mean we, he hasn't played since there's, they've only the Bucks have only played two games since the request went public over the weekend but mm-hmm. it's certainly strange and it's I, it's still very difficult to like parse out like what's real and just kind of what's being driven. But certainly he, you know, his role is reduced over basically just over the month. But mm-hmm. it sounds like from other whispers or like rumors that it's there, this sounds like something that was kind of standing for a while. So I, I really have no idea what's going on with Thon. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I I'd be very surprised if he sees the court at all tomorrow night even even with his past history of of terrorizing the raptors um <laughs> it's just been just a very kind of strange situation that's kind of just bubbled out of nowhere uh mm-hmm. and the bucks are <laughs> have one of the best records of the nba so just it's such a weird kind of situation all around yeah uh gotta say raps fans just like sound the alarm, guaranteed win night if uh, Thon's not going to play. That's uh, <laughs> it's so absurd how good he is when he plays the Raptors and nobody else. I don't understand it. Maybe it's the like Toronto area ties for him, and he just like gets juiced up, or just the Raptors have no idea how to defend him. I don't know what it is, but uh, I am certainly looking forward to seeing the Bucks without him on the court. This is going to be a fun game for a lot of reasons. You know, the Raptors, I'm not sure if Jonas Valanciunas is going to play. He uh, has been cleared for contact. He practiced yesterday. I'm not sure if he's going to end up going just because he's been off for so long. They might want to give him a little bit more, you know, leeway to get, you know, back into game shape before he plays. Uh, But, like, it's pretty much full strength for the Raptors aside from Jonas. Milwaukee has, like, been not injured at all this season, it seems, at least among their most important players. And so you're kind of getting a last opportunity to see these teams at full strength go at each other. Kyle Lowry's come back into form. Of course, there was the game in early December where Kyle Lowry uh, went pointless against the Bucks in that game where Malcolm Brogdon hit those two threes late and sealed it for Milwaukee. That's actually the last home game the Raptors have lost, by the way. So that, that, wow. that's also on the line on Thursday as well. It's a 10-game home winning streak. Uh, so there's that. And I just I kind of want to see once again the Raptors sort of stable of guys that they're able to throw at Giannis. Because to me, I feel like that gives me a little bit of confidence if I'm Toronto, knowing that maybe more than any other team, they have guys who have had some success, at least trying to slow Giannis down. And like, 
it's hard to say you slow Giannis down. It's like the LeBron thing, right? I think the last game they played, Giannis had like 43 and like 18 or something like that. And it was like, hey, they did well. They, they shut him down. And that it felt like a success almost. But I don't know. How do you view it? When you look at the Raptors and how, you know, they have like OG Ananobi, who's always been kind of stout against Giannis over his first two years. Siakam gets some run. Obviously, Kawhi is sort of the break glass in case of emergency guy to throw against Giannis too. Like, do you view the Raptors as being one of the teams that I guess matches up better than most against Giannis or does it not really matter who defends him at this point I I, I, I certainly lean towards it doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. you know I think it's a little bit of both like there isn't just one guy that can stop him you can certainly slow him down and stretches but I think that the like you said the thing that the Raptors have going for them is that they have such a variety of players that can give him different looks it's like you can play it more physical or kind of throw out a Serge Ibaka that's more kind of a traditional big man in terms of today's NBA, mm-hmm. but you have like kind of like the switchy, very athletic guys like Anobi, obviously Kawhi. Um, you know, the, it's just the variety of looks that they can really throw out at at Giannis that can kind of you know make you think twice about just how good or, or like how effective will he be over the course of the game. Mm-hmm. And I, it goes beyond Giannis too because we saw last time out. I think. You know, Chris Middleton was going through his like shooting slump, like in a very similar way to uh, Kyle Lowry, and he like Kawhi was on him, and he had nothing going. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that game was pretty much a one man show from Giannis, if I remember correctly. And um, that's the kind of it's not so much that I'm worried about Kawhi facing up at Giannis. It's how is Middleton going to react? You know, not just offensively, but de- defensively playing on Kawhi because I, I believe he he got the the bulk of kind of checking him defensively and you know it's Kawhi Leonard he's an MVP caliber player so it's certainly not an easy task by any means yeah I almost wonder if that's the best way to do it if you're Toronto and just like kind of seed that you know Giannis is going to get his and then you just it's kind of the LeBron thing again right the same question that's always kind of daunted you know not just the entire Eastern Conference but in particular the Raptors like that's just been their sort of riddle they've had to solve for the last five years and yeah, I wonder with Giannis, because he's not maybe the same shooter that LeBron is, maybe there you can get away a little bit more with sort of giving him space to operate and then just really sort of keying in on the perimeter guys, and in particular Middleton. If you, if you use Kawhi on Middleton, that is maybe a better use of your best defensive resource because like there's only so much Kawhi is going to be able to do against Giannis, and if you're burning all that energy trying to stay with him and you know scrape a couple points off his total here and there, that maybe is not the best way to deploy Kawhi, who is so good at shutting down pretty much anyone not named Giannis, right? So uh, I- I'm curious to see if they'll continue to do that. There's another thing that's been going on in Raptors Bucks games this season as well, where Serge Ibaka has punked the Bucks this season. He's been incredible, <laughs> but it's almost felt like it's by design, and it seems like the Bucks are very okay with letting Serge Ibaka kill them from 18 feet. And I wonder if at some point that's going to change because it's been three games now where Ibaka's destroyed them. Uh, the last game in particular, I think, what did he have? You know, uh, I have the list here. I have the box score here. Last game, he had 25 points. Yeah, I think he had 30 in the first game they played. Twenty. He's averaging like 24, 25 a game against Milwaukee this season. And I don't know, do you anticipate that we'll see any sort of change in the way the Bucks guard the Raptors considering the success Ibaka has had in those situations where it seems like they're funneling shots to him? Or are they still just going to live with that? I would think they're going to live with that because it's it's kind of lived on beyond you know the coaching change i remember like the playoff series kind of it felt that way that they were just like okay tomorrow 
you do what you do, Kyle Lowry, try to you know try yeah. to go through his playoff slumps and stuff like that. We'll let Serge Ibaka shoot as many shots as he can. And obviously, the Bucks have gotten burned by it with how many like you know with that point average that you just said about Ibaka this year. But I don't know. I think what's going to be interesting for me is that the last time out they their rotation like DJ Wilson is you know finally a thing out of out of nowhere and I think that will kind of be interesting on you know trying to guard him mm-hmm. if they especially if they go like center Giannis DJ lineups where they kind of you know form a front court uh kind of a you know versatile front court that way I, I don't know but I, I would assume that they they definitely go with uh you know try to like live with Ibaka shooting as many threes and He's obviously been a very good uh, mid-range artist as well this year too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, matchup-wise, so far this year, like you've seen the Bucks play against Boston and Indiana and the Raptors and <clears throat> uh, the Sixers. I guess is the other good team. Uh, like I forgot about them. How could you forget about the Sixers? <laughs> they they never ever shut up. Um, but uh, like, how do you feel about the Raptors Bucks matchup right now in terms of how the Bucks? stack up like is that the one that gives you the most trepidation in the playoffs is there another team are you you know thinking the bucks kind of have an advantage against toronto like how do you think they kind of stack up right now with whatever it is 30 35 games left in the season Mm, it's a very interesting question especially after last week because i was kind of looking at indiana and they out of all the games the bucks have played this year and you know they've only lost 13 times but Easily their worst game, in my mind, was against the Pacers. It was like a 112-96 win, and Giannis had his worst game. They just kind of had this variety, you know. It's very similar to what we were talking about with uh, Raptors defending him. Mm -hmm. They just kind of had these, like, you know, Thad Young is out of nowhere. Just kind, He's a very good defensive player, but he just really put the clamps on Giannis that game. And they just have a variety of players that can really kind of bother Giannis doing what he, you know, does best. Uh, but obviously the Oladipo injury just kind of changes that equation for me. Mm-hmm. In terms of just the Raptors Bucks matchup in itself, I don't know. It's a very I, I, I certainly think the Bucks have the depth uh in their favor this year, and that that sounds crazy just because the Raptors, you know, last year that was the, their strength, honestly, is mm-hmm. that they could go eleven deep. They have Fred Van Vliet, a sixth man man of the year candidate. Um but I, I think that's kind of swung the Bucks way, and I may be wearing Bucks colored glasses here, but they just they're a very deep team at, at this present and they're kind of nursing injuries at least last night and you know Pat Connaughton kind of he he, he was thrown he was basically thrown off uh, its free agency by the Blazers last year and he comes in and matches his season high he's just there's just these guys that can step in night in and night out that kind of is invigorating in my mind that they just have a deep team mm-hmm. out of you know it's been so many years since they have that yeah, that's a good point. I do think you're probably right in that I would trust more players on Milwaukee to kind of, you know, acquit themselves nicely if they were put into a tough situation right now as opposed to the Raptors. Although, we'll see what the Raptors. I mean, they still haven't, even had a, haven't really had a chance to, like, put a bench unit out that they're going to run with. And because of injuries and, you know, Kawhi and Kyle missing alternate time, and it hasn't really kind of all come together. So maybe the depth is still there. It just hasn't been put in the best position to succeed. And I think that's what the last part of the season is going to be about for the Raptors. But I would agree. Like, the Bucks are, are very deep. Um, I do think... I would probably take the Raptors' like top three or four guys over Milwaukee's right now, especially if 
You consider that, you know, Kawhi's the guy who matches up defensively against Chris Middleton. That is kind of an edge you want to press. I think Siakam has been really effective this season and had his career high against the Bucks earlier this season with 30 That's points right. as well. Um, like, I, I think the starters for the Raptors, I mean, they've been blitzing everybody, whether it's Boston, Milwaukee, it doesn't really matter. When they have that Lowry, Green, Leonard, Siakam, Ibaka lineup out there, like, very few teams can, t- can contend with that. Um, but yeah, the depth is going to be interesting, and I, I wonder how the Bucks' depth is going to hold up come playoff time, and how the rotation is going to take shape. Because this was the thing the Raptors had going for them last year, right? Was hey, like they can run out this hockey change lineup that just destroys teams, and then the postseason came around. Fred VanVleet wasn't totally right, but still, just the bench was not all that effective. And then you're looking at a rotation; it's like, what well, do we have? Like eight guys we trust here, um, and the playoffs kind of, I think, expose some guys in certain ways that kind of shortens the guy, the, the number of guys that you're going to count on. So I wonder how that's going to transpire with the Bucks. But I, th- I think you're right; the depth right now for them is uh, is really really nice. I would, for me, looking at the teams, it's it's so hard to say because like we've only seen one game with the Raptors at full strength with Kyle in the lineup and Kawhi yeah. together against Milwaukee this season. I. Boston's still the one that scares me the most just because, like, they have this weird, like, performative goodness that they bust out sometimes that, like, the the level they can get to is very nice when they're not, like, nitpicking and, you know, in yelling at each other. Kyrie's talking about leadership. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, that that scares me. The Sixers don't really scare me because their depth is so disastrous and... For some reason, Jonas Valanciunas has always been a very good foil for Joel Embiid. I don't understand why. Uh, so the Bucks would be number two, I think, on like the teams I'm worried about power rankings. But um, I don't know. It's the Bucks do scare the hell out of me, man. Like the Giannis is so absurd, and it, it is uh, is quite frightening. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation in just a sec, but first I want to remind people to check out the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram, at Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. You're getting all of the hosts from each network just retweeted into one feed. You don't got to go around and follow all 50 or 60 hosts. You just follow the one feed and you're getting all of their basketball-related, fresh podcasts, new, breaking news reactions, live tweets during games, all put into one feed. And then on Instagram, the same handles, if you follow those, you're going to get little video and audio snippets from the podcast, from the biggest stories of the day. Uh, So you can either listen to the whole podcast or just get the little 60-second take, and that can be your Houston Rockets news for the day or your Milwaukee Bucks news for the day. And uh, it's great, a uh, nice little way to liven up your Instagram feed. So make sure you're following at LockedOnNBANet and at LockedOnNFLNet on Twitter and Instagram. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. So Jordan, last time I had you on the podcast, it was just after Jason Kidd had been fired and I wanted to get into the, the, the headspace 
of the Bucks fan base after that happened because it seemed like at long last the Bucks fans had been sort of freed of all their angst. It was a very angsty fan base before Jason Kidd got fired for good reason. He was terrible and we've seen <laughs> the difference between him and Mike Budenholzer uh, and uh, Martin Freeman's character from season one of Fargo who coached <laughs> at the end of last season. Um, like, it's it's pretty pronounced. So, I like, how are Bucks fans feeling right now? Is it just like jubilation that sort of the maybe ahead of schedule success they've had this season? Has the weight of expectation yet come to poison the minds of fans and sap enjoyment from everything the team does? Uh, how are Bucks fans feeling right now, January 30th, 2019? Well, certainly, I think there's a sense of validation that, you know, all these, <laughs> all these, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Everybody, everybody was just like, Finally, like this is what we we're saying. Like this is a really good team. It was being held back by, you know, a subpar coach An to idiot? say the least. <laughs> um, I it's also it's just a weird season because I don't I think there's kind of parallels to be drawn because obviously the Raptors they're making this big bet on Kawhi, mm-hmm. but you look at the Bucks starting lineup and outside of Giannis, all of them are going to be free agents. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, well, we really want this to last, but they're doing so well. Like, how can we do this? It's, it's kind of like all these questions are being, like, churned up at once. It's like, and I'm just, in, in the, for me personally, I'm just enjoying the ride because this has been, you know, they're eight games away from surpassing their victory, or matching their victories from last year, mm-hmm. which was the highest in, like, 17 years. Like, it just, this team has been in a very mediocre uh, shape for a very long time. So to finally see all these things be optimized in terms of just Giannis, the, the supporting cast, the depth, all this stuff, it just, it, there is like that palpable sense of validation. Like we were right. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> everybody look at like just how bad it was and just, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was, oh man, it, it's crazy <laughs> to think about it. It's been only just a year since he's been fired, but, uh, or since Jason has been fired, but it's just like, it's, you know, everybody's fears were just validated about it. Yeah. It's kind of, I didn't really consider the sort of the uncertainty of this offseason, considering there's a lot of teams that are going to kind of be hunting for agents, whether it's Middleton or Bledsoe, or I don't even, do the Bucks want to pay Eric Bledsoe on his next deal? That's an interesting question, too. Like, how much of the uncertainty has kind of crept in? Is there, like, more urgency, do you think, for Bucks fans or this Bucks team to kind of do something special this season before kind of some questions start getting asked this summer? I think there's definitely kind of a, you know, showcase what you, like, what you have here, obviously, the, the new arena, all that stuff, like the, the glitzy glamour of, uh, of what's going around around the franchise. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressing questions, you know, it's not just Eric Bledsoe, but what do you pay Malcolm Brockton? Because he's kind of a, an, he's a, he has limitations, but he's still, like, year after year, he kind of proves you know, any concerns about what is he in the long term? What kind of player is he, uh, or asset basically, mm. uh, long term? And he, you know, kind of proves everybody wrong. He's having a very good season. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of questions. And obviously, they had a very, you know, salary cap clearing move with trading John Henson and Matthew Delvadova for George Hill. But it's, it's a lot of questions. And the other thing, too, is just like, are they going to want to? kind of go after bigger fish and you know try to small market be damned do you want to go after someone that's kind of a bigger name and you know that sounds crazy 
to everybody outside of, <laughs> uh, on the outside looking in. But you know, there is kind of motivation for ownership. I, I that I wouldn't be surprised if they try to claw their way in a meeting with maybe a more uh, uh, not a leap, but just a, a more recognizable name, mm-hmm. uh, shall we say? I don't know. There's just, it's a very it's gonna be a very interesting offseason. But there, yeah, there's definitely an urgency with like let's keep going, keep going. Like any loss, like. There's everybody's kind of bummed out about, about it from my you know reading of the situation you know it's a loss mm-hmm. but uh, the fact that they have been so good and you know they haven't had back to back losses at all this season um, there's just yeah there's everybody just wants to keep the good good times rolling yeah it's bizarre man when your team gets good uh, every loss even though there are so few of them becomes like the end of the world <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like you know what they're 37 and 15 i think they're gonna be just fine with this loss on a wednesday to some random team it's not a big deal um yeah is there are there any nerves at all going on with bucks fans as well because of what we're seeing happening right now with anthony davis and sort of because of the uncertainty of this summer is there confidence that they're going to navigate it you know, gracefully enough to make sure they're set up to, to be in a position where Giannis is cool to stick around long term, or is there like a palpable sense of fear that maybe this summer could be what kind of undoes it all if it does if it goes poorly? I don't. I, I think it's too early, at least for like the you know the you know you want to keep retain at least retain players that you know made this season special. And obviously, there's a lot of questions surrounding all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, this you know the course correction that the, last year's offseason uh, was like that's really kind of quelled the rumors because even like you know a lot of, there was grumbling about like Giannis's uh, rookie contract extension like just kicked in in summer of 2017 and I remember there was like a, a Woj podcaster he made like a radio appearance and he was already kind of saying like he was already looking at Giannis. And his contract extension already just kicked in three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Oh no! Like, what are we going to do if they if the Bucks don't do it?" And this season has kind of put those uh, rumblings, or just kind of like if he's going to, you know, those worries, I should say, um, look elsewhere. If you know the the team is just isn't good. If you know, you look at a uh, the New Orleans situation. There was that stat of like the team or Charlotte after that uh, took. MKG after him, mm-hmm. they've had a better record than uh, the Pelicans over that course of uh, time, mm-hmm. which is just crazy to be, <laughs> and, uh, just really eye-opening. But yeah, to go back to it all, I think depending on what happens this offseason, I think right now everything's good with just how the 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 future, the the big question of regarding Giannis's future. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, I only ask because uh, Greek town in Toronto is still uh, very much ready to accept and embrace Giannis. Uh, and Ms. Ayajiri's got his, he's, he's licking his chops. <laughs> I have to uh, insert that little bit of Toronto Giannis thirst into a Bucks podcast. I can't not. I don't know. Uh, Dallas might be doing the same. I mean, they, they have Costas. They have Costas on the two-way. That's true. Actually, I think some Raptors fans were actually mad they didn't. Uh, take Costas in the draft. <laughs> like, it's a very. It's, it feels like a very like Goran Dragic, Zoran Dragic. That was just like what? That was the craziest 
And Gordon Dragic, he's a fine player, but I was like, I remember like thinking about that. I was like, I never is he even an NBA player, and turns out he wasn't. That's funny. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get to one last topic of conversation in just a second, but first, I want to remind people to check out the Lockdown Podcast Network on your smart speakers. If you have an Alexa, Google Home, a iHome, I think that's what it's called. I don't know, Apple Home speaker, whatever that is, you can use it to play the Lockdown Podcast Network. Just say, hey. Smart speaker name inserted here. Play podcast locked on Raptors. Play podcast locked on Bucks or whatever it is, and it will play the podcast for you. You never have to touch a button in your life. You don't have to go through scrolling through all the podcasts to find the right one. It'll just play the most recent one for you, and it is a uh, it's a great little thing to have when you're doing your chores or whatever. I have two smart speakers that I got over the holidays, and I use them to play the podcast all the time. Not my own podcast. Eh, sometimes my own podcast. I'm I'm a pretty vain person, but um, also other people's podcasts as well. So make sure you're using your smart speakers to play the Locked On Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Jordan, now for the impetus to have you on the podcast uh, to begin with. I don't know who the one seed is. <laughs> it's uh, The math has been hurting my brain as we speak right now. The Bucks are technically a half game up on the Raptors and have the better win percentage. So I guess they're the one seed for the moment. But if the Raptors win tomorrow... It's just going to bring a whole new fresh set of hell into our lives, and we won't know who the one seed is. Uh, has this been a big like a concern for you the way it has been for me? I know it means quite literally nothing, but all season long, it's, it feels like it's been like a month and a half that the Raptors and Bucks have been flip-flopping back and forth between win percentage and games up and games back. The Raptors have been like a game and a half up, but also second place at one point this season. Uh, is this as much of a problem for Bucks fans as it is apparently for me? I may be in the minority on this, but I just like I'm. I kind of look at the, like oh, it's, it's the fiftieth game of the season. <laughs> like it's, oh, so you're normal. Like, you have a, a smart and good brain instead of mine. All right, that's what I'm saying. I see. <laughs> well, it's also like the, the Raptors for some reason, like scheduling purposes or whatever, they've always they've been perpetually like two games. They have two games, or the Bucks have two games at hand on the Raptors for what feels like like five months yeah it just it i keep looking at the standards i'm like oh yeah like we still have two games left to play and their their second half of the season it gets ramped up at least this stretch currently like they have like back to, or they don't play back to back but like every other game or every other day is a, a bucks game mm-hmm. so maybe that will even things up but yeah it's just been kind of a weird two game uh in hand advantage that the bucks have had for uh, you know what feels like five months on on the raptors so this is kind of important right now because it's going to determine who coaches the All-Star game. I'm actually not certain Nick Nurse can coach the All-Star game because Dwayne Casey coached it last year. I don't know if it, because oh, there's a new coach it's allowed to happen. But I haven't heard anyone say that Nick Nurse can't, so I'm assuming he's going to be able to. But uh, maybe someone should get some clarification on that. Uh, but for the sake of this conversation, let's assume Nick Nurse can coach the All-Star game. I believe the cutoff is Tuesday for the who's going to coach into the record and who's the first overall team. I Ultimately, I don't really care who coached the All-Star game. It's It was cool to have Dwayne Casey do it last year. I don't care if Nick Nurse does it this year or not. It's fine. Um, but some people care about that kind of thing. And also, 
there have been many times this season where they've been tied on games uh, back or whatever. Their percentages have been kind of flip-flopping back and forth, and they've been in a virtual tie for the one seed. And I just wanted to use this opportunity for us to lay out our arguments for why the Raptors or the Bucks should be the rightful holder of the one seed in any tiebreaker situation. Uh, so, Jordan, I'll start with you. Why should the Bucks be the deserving rightful holder of that one seed uh, at all times when it's in doubt? Um, well, they've been an elite team. They got the best net rating, the point differential, all, <laughs> all the <laughs> usual kind of stump speech. But personally speaking, this is just, you know, my weirdness. Uh, we got to see Mike Boonholzer. Everybody's got to see the bud faces in the All-Star game. He's just a, he's a spirit, my spirit animal of just neuroses and just kind of these <laughs> wait, strange, strange uh, faces. I, this is not a very uh, compelling argument. But... <laughs> I just have to say, it just to have a national spotlight on the the beautiful weirdness that is Mike Budenholzer would be uh, just I don't know it would just be delightful in my my uh, my opinion. Budenholzer's face is hysterical. Although Nick Nurse last week in Indiana had I don't know if you saw this one the like the new Alonzo Morning face where <laughs> they drew. I saw, up. Something on, I saw something on the starters that he had like kind of like the I think it was the Rockets game or something, and he just kind of like. He, just let he had like his pursed lips and just kind of like, like did this like kind of strange noise but it was yeah he i can see the, the i can see the the weird the delightful weirdness of nick nurse yeah <laughs> they're definitely the two most delightfully weird coaches in the east right now i think you oh, have you I, know, I definitely definitely would agree you have the non-sex no, brad having Steven, brad stevens weird about brad stevens in a very kind of goody two-shoes kind of way yeah non-sex having way you know it's, <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, my argument for the Raptors is basically seniority. They were the one seed last year. They've been the better team in the East over the last four or five years. Yes, they've had some trouble in the playoffs, but guess what? So have the Bucks. Uh, so the, the Raptors have earned this place. Also, they've played more games. They've played 52 games to Milwaukee's 49. That extra stress, that extra... You know, they have more wins right now in the bank. Yes, there's the loss column, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? The Raptors have won 37 games this season. That is uh, a substantial number of games. They're leading the league in games one. So for me, that should give them an edge as well because who's to say Milwaukee's going to win all three of their games in hand on the Raptors? We don't know that. We can't predict the future, and it seems uh, presumptive to, to assume so. You know, assuming makes an asset of you and me. Uh, I also just, yeah, I think the Raptors, because they've been hurt, there should be some sort of corollary where because they've had so many injuries, because their star players have missed so many games, they should be granted extra wins. They have lost some, I I believe they have the most, uh, win shares lost to injury this season. So therefore in a, in a vacuum in which the Raptors were totally healthy, they would actually be the one seed, I think, you know, kind of with a bullet at this point, if everyone were playing the entire season, as we know is common in the NBA. So for me, the Raptors are the rightful one seed. That is not what the tiebreaker thing on my uh, score app is saying right now. But hey, <laughs> they can work the kinks out with their programming. Uh, I rest my case. <laughs> um, do you have any rebuttal to that, or did I just uh, did I just own you? Well, that's a that's a good card to play. I mean, the Bucks. <laughs> we we have been perennial underachievers, or just you know, kind of always hovering around that 500 line for a very long time <laughs> i think that's the that was the other thing too that i meant to say during the jason kid you know prove him wrong <laughs> uh section of the podcast that 
I just have learned that, you know, we look at, like, these terrible coaches. Like, you look at Jim Boylan and just, like, how the hell does this dude have a job? And He's beautiful and perfect and should be protected. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jabari, that we let you go and go to Chicago and have to deal with Jim Boylan's uh, wrath of whatever it is. But, like, I just look at, you know, a guy like Earl Watson, too, just kind of these guys, like, how are these guys in the job? But it's the it's the guys that are, like, the hover around 500, the, the Randy Whitmans of the world, the Jason Kids, these guys that are just, like, perpetually, like, in the middle of the pack that are, like, I've learned that are just, like, destructive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are, like, if you if you hire one of these coaches, the, those coaches, like, they'll just send you back and back into uh, being – you know, just in, just running on the treadmill of mediocrity as, mediocrity, as they say. How many wins do you think Jason Kidd cost the Bucks over the time he was coaching them? <laughs> like, it has to be something profound. It, I mean, it's not even just, like, the whole tenure. Like, the last month that he was coached, <laughs> like, it was the weird, those weird free throw decision to, like, they were up three and purposely missed the shot or... <laughs> Like, it was just getting weirder and weirder by the day. And it was like, you know, running the the blog and just talking about Bucks, like, day in, day out and all this stuff. Like, this team was like, you know, the, my primary function, all that stuff. It was just getting so tiring after a while. Just, like, trying to, like, talk about, like, these strange late-game coaching decisions. And you're just like, oh, yeah. He's – and then, like, the, parsing out, like, these the, – the, the post-game pressers, which I would, like, tune in for because, you know, he would just say these strange, like, irrational ways of, like, trying to explain his decisions. Where, like, this year, like, if the if the Bucks lose and you're trying to, like, listen to Coach Bud uh, talk about, like, decisions that he would play, it's like, oh, yeah, I get, I get the process behind that. Yeah, he, that's a good process. <laughs> like, compared to Jason Kidd, it's just been like, like, where did you get this from? Jason Kidd was doing art coaching is what he was doing. Just, just, just seeing, just seeing what he could do. Just making a masterpiece. Uh, I hope he gets a job again, just for the sake of the content. It'd be delightful. Spilling drinks, doing weird free throw stuff, playing. There was, there was a, there was like a strange. I don't know. There's, oh man, if he does ever end, end up back in the coaching fold, it would be. Ugh, I, I feel bad for whatever team that hires him. Springing five man traps on ball handlers. <laughs> And everybody, yeah, get close to the basket. That's aggression, aggression, aggression. aggression. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, I think that's a good place to wrap this up. Jordan, thank you so much for joining the show, man. This was great. Very much looking forward to the game on Thursday. You will have that covered for Behind the Buck Pass. Uh, where can people check you out? Where can people find the site? Uh, what, what should people look for on the site right now? Um, yeah, just check me out on, on Behind the Buck Pass. Me and Adam McGee have that running full steam ahead. I'm at Jordan Tresky and just, yeah, just a lot of, you know, running strong with Bucks, do Wisconsin Herd, their G League affiliate. Obviously the trade deadline's coming up and, you know, we talked about Thon Maker, who knows what will come about that. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of, you know, the usual, obviously all-star talk with Giannis and maybe, maybe someone else. I'm not that confident that will happen, but who knows? Well, the coach's vote will be revealed in due time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, make sure you're reading Jordan's stuff. Uh, Buck's internet is generally very pleasant. Once again, it's going to be hard to hate you guys with a passion in the playoffs. Because um, <laughs> you guys have always been very nice to deal with, even since that, even during that playoff series. It was like, man, they're all so nice. Like, the Wizards people were dicks. <laughs> <laughs> there was a 
a very cordial, cordial uh, rooting, and then be like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, it, we it's lost. A very That's okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We we have the same weather. We you're probably the most beer drinking state. You know, there's some similarities. You know. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Uh, thanks so much, Jordan. Everyone, you can uh, find Locked On Raptors on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. It's uh, very helpful if you subscribe, rate, and review. It's uh, It makes us more visible, makes us more discoverable, all that good stuff, all those buzzy podcast words that we are supposed to say. Uh, you can also read whatever I write off of the Bucks game. I'll be there tomorrow. I'll probably have something on Friday up about it, so make sure you're tuned in for that at Raptors HQ. And uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.